Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We're going to invite you all to stand with us tonight. Amen. We want to welcome everyone to our Wednesday evening Bible study. So glad to have everyone that is here tonight in the house of God, our online congregation. We welcome you tonight. Amen. We pray, do hope that everyone had a good and a pleasant day. Amen. God's been good to all of us. Amen. And whenever we get a chance to give him all the glory and all the honor, we should take advantage of that. Amen. Tomorrow is not promised to us. And each time he give us bread, we need to take advantage of it and thank him for all his mercies and his love. So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Ask him to be with us tonight, that he will direct us, that he will anoint the man of God as we come to speak to us tonight. Amen. And bless every aspect of our service tonight. Amen. I'm going to ask if there is anyone with any request, prayer request. You can just wave your hand, raise your hand. Amen. Look around. There's plenty of hands going around. We're going to touch and agree that whatever the needs are, amen, whatever the issues are, the Lord will meet us where we are. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we pray tonight. Father God, we love you. The scripture said, the hurt is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. We're so honored to be a part of this great, big, happy family. We thank you for your mercies, O oh God. We thank you for your love. We thank you for this privilege that you have given unto us to gather together one more time in your presence. For in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Lord God, nothing good that we have done but because of your grace and your mercy, Lord God. You die so that we can have life and have it more abundantly, Lord. Father God, we honor you tonight. We glorify your name tonight. We magnify your name tonight, Lord God. We ask you to forgive us for every sins, all the sins that we have committed in your sight, knowingly and unknowingly, Lord. We ask you, Lord God, that you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness and all filthiness, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will burn out every sins that we have committed, Lord God. Wash us and help us to be whiter than snow, creating us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us, dear God. Father God, as we pray tonight, Lord God, we ask you to move among us individually and collectively, Lord God. We pray for every person that raised their hand tonight, whatever the needs are. Lord God, if it's spiritual, if it's physical, if it's financial, or if it's emotional, we ask you, Lord God, that you'll meet every person, Lord God, where they are, Lord God. We're serving a God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above that which we ask or think. And as we gather together, Lord God, God, we ask you to bless our online congregation, Lord God, that you will touch them also, Lord God, whatever they need, or that you will touch them, Lord. We pray your anointing upon the man of God as he come tonight, that you will anoint him, that you will use him, oh God, that you will speak to him, oh God, freely and boldly, Lord God. I pray you will open our minds and our understanding, that as your words go forth, it will go forth with anointing, oh God, with power and with unction, Lord God. For the God God, we honor you tonight, Lord God, for you are great and greatly to be praised. There is none like you. There is none to compare. You are the one that is and that is to come. Our keeper, 
our Savior, our Redeemer, the one that is coming back for us, oh God. Father God, as we pray tonight, we ask you, Lord God, that you will release, oh God, all the souls that are predestined for this congregation for such a time as this, from the east, from the west, from the north, and from the south. Oh, Father God, we ask you that people will open up their hearts and their minds and receive you as their Lord and Savior. Lord God, that they will repent of their sins and get baptized in your name, oh God. Father God, we love you. Oh God, we come into service in your hand tonight. We thank you, Lord God, for being so good to us, oh God. We thank you for keeping us. We thank you for strengthening us. We thank you for providing for us. We thank you for making ways when there seems to be no way. We thank you for opening up doors that no man can shut. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the Alpha and Omega. You are the one that we adore. We worship and we praise you. Lord God, we ask you to have your way among us, Lord God. Move among us, Lord God. Touch us in a miraculous way tonight, Lord, like never before. Father God, we honor you, Lord. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor as we worship you. In the mighty name of Jesus, bless every aspect of the service. Anoint the praise and worship as I minister in songs tonight, Lord God. We say thanks in advance for what you're about to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Can we just give Lord another round of applause tonight as we continue to worship him in Jesus' name. Come on, good night, everyone. Come on, clap your hands for Jesus. Hallelujah. We come to lift up the name of Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. I'm chasing after you, no matter what I have to do, because I need you more and more. I'm chasing after you, no matter what I have to do, because I need you more and more. I'm chasing after you, no matter what I have to do, because I need you more.
after you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It never gets old. That song been around a long time, but it never gets old. I'm chasing after Jesus. Amen. More and more. Just to be closer to you, Lord. Amen. Anybody want to be closer to Jesus? Amen. Well, somebody must have gave the praise singers a little insight as to what we were going to talk about tonight. So that's all good. You may be seated. Amen. Welcome to Wednesday night Bible study. Good to see everybody. Thank God for another Wednesday. Amen. You know, we say it quite a bit. We say you never can tell if this may be your last time coming together, seeing each other. We don't know when the Lord is going to call us home. And the other day, I was looking through, scrolling through my Facebook page, and I saw somebody said, we miss, we're going to miss Bishop Alonzo Terry. I said, 
what? And I almost called him. I said, well, let me just wait. Because I'm like, who's putting out their crazy stuff? Sure enough, the man passed away. I just, I don't even know what, you know, don't even know. Don't even know what to say. Good man. Good man. I went back through my texts with him, and all of his texts ended by saying, I'm proud of you. That's like that's the kind of man he is. We text back and forth. You know I'm proud of you. And um, all the stuff that we saw that came across the Facebook wire was just people saying how he just encouraged other people and he invested in other people. And he's no longer here. And he was a great man of God. And um, he really was uh, a pioneer. And many people appreciated him. And so we're going to miss Brother Terry. He's better off than we are. But man, when you have a gem like that that's in your life, it's just, it's a difficult thing to see them go because that's a wealth of information and knowledge and just good people that's gone now. But he did what he was supposed to do and God saw fit to say, come on home, son. And that could be any one of us, anytime. You know, it doesn't matter where we are, what we're doing. If God said it's time, it's time. And that is why we need to make the most of every day he allows us to be present here and alive in the earth. You know, I always say to you that a lot of people love to say, I thank God for waking me up today. And while that's true and we should thank him, you know, I like to follow up by saying, well, why? You know, is it just so we can just enjoy another day on this earth? Because as far as what I get to understand, it's better to be in the presence of the Lord than to be on this earth. That's what, that's what my Bible tells me. So, so, you know, getting up every day to say, I thank God for another day. The only thing that makes sense to say that is if I need another day to get it right or I need another day to be used by God. Those are the two things that I can thank God for for each day is to say, man, God, I'm, I'm grateful for another day to get it right. I probably didn't have it right yesterday, but here's a new day that I can get it right. So I thank you for that. Or I can say, God, I thank you for allowing me to be used of you in this world to do your will. That's another thing I can thank him for. But just thanking God because I'm alive, I don't know if that's even anything good. Because being alive in this miserable world, you know what I mean? I don't know how good that is. <laughs> and so once you have impacted the life of your children, I can't even say grandchildren, but once you have impacted the life of your children, then they can carry on what you gave them. And so what else can you do? You know? So Brother Terry impacted his family big time. And uh, he built a great church down in Georgia. And um, his family, they're doing a great work for God down there. So uh, he did what he was supposed to do. Let's hope we do what we're supposed to do. Genesis chapter 8. You don't have to stand. We're going to read verses 8 through 10. And the scripture says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking. Somebody say walking. 
in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. I think for the next few weeks, there will be different topics, but they will be the same theme. And I would like to talk to you tonight on this topic, God's call for personal up-close relationship. God's call for personal up-close relationship. And I'm probably going to work on the, work with that subject for a little bit uh, for the next few weeks on what we can do to build our relationship with the Lord, to get closer in our relationship with the Lord. That's very important, and I feel like that's something that we, as Christ-centered church, need to put some effort into and put some action into is the things that we must do to get closer to the Lord, to have a real close and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for another Wednesday night and for allowing us to come together one more time. Lord Jesus, I do not want to ever take for granted every opportunity we have to come together to study the word of God, to worship together, to praise together, to allow impartation from you and to be impacted by the word, to learn the word, to take the word and make it personal where we can become the vessels and instruments that you called us to be. Father, I pray tonight that you will touch our hearts, that our hearts will not be hardened, but God, that we will open our heart to receive every word that you will speak into our heart. We want to truly, Lord God, grow into a deeper relationship with you, in a more closer walk with you, Lord. We want to be closer than ever before. We want to be so connected to you like we've never been, that God, your will will be done in us, that God, we will not allow frustration to get the best of us and weariness to worry us. I pray tonight that you will have your way, Lord. Place me in the flow of your spirit to articulate and speak your word with anointing, with authority, with passion, and touch the hearts of every one of us that, Lord, our hearts will receive your word with gladness. We thank you, we honor you, and we ask you all of these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Can everybody say amen? Okay. So let's talk a little bit about God's call for personal up-close relationship. God's call for personal up-close relationship. Personal up-close relationship and connection have always been important to God. 
when he created Adam and Eve, he demonstrated the importance to him and for us to have close, personal relationship. We had, or let me say, Adam and Eve had a close, up close and personal relationship with the Lord before sin. And so we can just stop here just to say our weariness, our struggles, our ups and downs as Christians, a lot of time is contributed to sin. Because sin makes us work harder to connect with the Lord. Sin makes it harder for us to be in tune with God, to hear his voice, and to walk with him. And so when sin is getting the best of us, and we're trying to maneuver or or work out ourself work out our sinful situation to get right with God that takes energy that takes effort as opposed to when we are not a, a fighting with sin but we're just flowing in the spirit of God and when you are in the spirit and flowing in the spirit everything seems easy but when things become hard it's two things. It's either we're tired or we're battling sin. And most of the times it's not because we're tired because we have energy to do other things. We can be home and somebody can call us up and say, let's go to the mall. And we have the energy. Let's go hang out. Let's go to Top Golf. Let's go. Oh, let's go out to lunch. Let's go out to dinner. Let's go. For the kids, the young people, let's go play some ball. Let's go ride our bikes. Whatever it is, no matter how tired we are, we say, let's go. So most of the times, it's not because we're tired while we're weary. It's because we're battling sin. And we have to battle through sin in order to get into a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says... And the Lord heard the voice, and, and, and Adam and Eve heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, or the presence of God, if you want to be technical, amongst the trees in the garden. Can you imagine... We come to church or we come to the house of God as the church to worship the Lord, to experience his presence. But Adam and Eve, just by being, they were walking in his presence. They was just, his presence was right there. We're in his presence. And here we are in 2023. What we're doing, we're pressing our way through. We're, we're, we're chasing after him. Uh-huh. 
That's what we're doing in 2023. We're trying to get into his presence when, when he first created us, we were just, boom, in his presence. Now we got to do some stuff to get in his presence. Don't get me wrong. God is present everywhere. But for us that know him, we know different dimensions of his presence. And so while he's present everywhere and the whole world could see and feel his presence at times, we as born-again Christians understand there's a presence of God that we've ex- experienced that it is awesome, that you feel just this incredible presence that overwhelms you, that you sometimes don't even know what to do. <laughs> we talk about back in the day when, when you would feel the presence of the Lord, you know, uh, growing up in, in, in the church, at some point we remember, we used to tease each other because everybody had their, their sign when the presence of the Lord is starting to move. Everybody got a sign. I'm telling you, people don't do that just to do that. It's the presence of the Lord. And they start to do some stuff. He's like, yeah, okay. It's the presence of the Lord. And so we've experienced that dimension of God to say, man, I want to get into his presence more and more. But Adam and Eve had that kind of presence, boom, right there. And that cunning, crafty devil tricked them, caused them to mess that up. And now we got to work. The text suggests God speak and he communes and want to connect with Adam and Eve. He did. He spoke We know he was communing before. They were connected and he was attempting to reconnect. We can reasonably conclude that the Lord communed with Adam and Eve in an up close and personal way at an appointed time daily. Somebody say daily before they sinned against God. So let's take that tonight. And make a note of that, that Adam and Eve and the almighty God, the creator, they communed, connected, and fellowshiped daily. And that's when God's presence was pure and they didn't have to do any work. How much more should we be connecting How much more should we be communing with God? How much more should we be seeking the Lord when it's so much more difficult now to experience God's presence in a special way when Adam and Eve, they just had it like that. But they made sure every single day. This is why the scripture says they heard the voice of God walking. Traveling toward them, which suggests that the Lord wanted to be close and personal with them. Mm -hmm. They heard the voice of the Lord traveling. Mm -hmm. Can 
can I tell you this tonight? The Lord wants to be close and personal with all of us. He is God and he changes not. And there's no way he wants an up close and personal relationship with Adam and Eve. But today he's saying, not with y'all though. The same God that desire an up close relationship with Adam and Eve is desiring that same up close intimate relationship with all of us. He desires it. The question is, is it mutual? Is it mutual? Do we desire that same personal, up-close relationship with the Lord? Mm-hmm. Just as he wanted to be up-close and personal with Adam and Eve, that's what he wants with us. And so that does my heart well, but at the same time, I feel like, man, what am I doing? If God wants that from me, why am I not doing everything to make sure that's what's going on? That God called Adam at all was an act of grace. Because remember, God is all-knowing. And God showed up daily at the same time, same place with Adam and Eve to commune to connect, to have relations. And when he showed up, they weren't there, so he was going to where they were because he knew they moved. And they were hiding themselves, but of course you can't hide from God. And so God started traveling, when his voice started traveling toward them like, Adam, where art thou? Travel. But the thing about that is, God didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. That was the grace of God. That was the grace of God. For God could have spoken a word of judgment and justly destroyed Adam and Eve because God already told them, when you sin, you shall die. And so God had every right to just say, okay, I'm going to kill them and start over. We need to take a clue from that. We don't need to kill nothing and start over. We need to resurrect, reconcile, restore whatever has been broken down. Because God don't kill something and start over. Right? He could have killed us right there. He could have killed Adam and Eve and started over. The flood could have took place right then and there. I'm destroying everything. And I'll start out with some brand new people. But God didn't do that. So be careful before you and I begin to write people off because that was the worst. They the worst of the worst. I can't, I can't, I can't, I just can't. I think about that a lot and that's why I go easy, man. I really try to go easy and be gracious to people because I've lived long enough that as soon as you start telling people about, I'll never. (laughs) And so I think it, I'll never. But boy, oh boy, I don't speak it. Because you never know. You 
want to believe you'll never do something against God. But boy, oh boy, be careful. And so God could have destroyed Adam and Eve because they directly disobeyed an order. They sinned. They went right against what he said they should not do. Can you imagine when Adam was created, when he received life, he looked around. Trees, fruit trees, grass, clouds, animals, and he was the only person in the world. Can you imagine? He knew that Almighty God did all of that. And he still fell. That's interesting. If Adam sinned, we all gonna sin. I mean, that's why the Bible says all have sinned, because we know by Adam sin entered into the world. But 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 just from a standpoint of if Adam had it the way he had it, and had the knowledge that he had, and he sinned, man, I'm nowhere close to Adam. Are you kidding me? You, wait, you all close to Adam? Adam experienced something I've never experienced. Until I get to heaven, I will not experience what Adam experienced in the garden. Adam was in the purest form of how God created man. And we will never go back to that form until we get transformed and, 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 and into a new body and meet Jesus in the air and spend eternity. We will never get to experience that. Because we defiled ourselves. Adam defiled himself, passed it down to us. So he experienced uh, a presence of the Lord and a purity of God that we won't experience till that time. Another gracious wonder was that Adam could hear God's voice and respond. For his inner nature had been so polluted by sin that he didn't want to face God. So here's another thing. When we were first saved, some of us, some of the people used to tell us, they so messed up, they can't even hear God. That ain't true. That's not true. I don't care how far gone you are, God can and God will speak to you and you can and you will hear God. There is nobody so far gone that God cannot speak to them. Let me hit you hard with this one because you might never heard this story. This is not something that I read out of the Bible. This is something that somebody personally told me. Pastor, did I know? Still pastoring today. He, got, he started struggling with his femininity, with his, with his identity. And he started going to uh, gay bars. And he was in a gay bar doing gay things. Drinking doing his thing, and he said, out of nowhere, he heard the voice of God says, what are you doing here? Get out and go. So don't let nobody tell you, you are so far gone that God can't reach you wherever you are. Man, that's heavy. Lord told him to get out of the bar. Get out of there and go. He heard the voice of God clear as day. Because sometimes we think that, you know, we get so hurt, we get so upset that we just begin to rebel 
and try to go as far away from the church and God and everybody else can't stand y'all. And we try to go so far away that we don't want to have no dealings. But you can never outrun God. You can't go nowhere where God can't get to you. And God is just that good. Where, you know, I can see me. I know I've treated you real good. No, I've done everything I could to make things good for you. And then you're going to turn around and say, get out of here. I ain't, you didn't do nothing for me. I'm leaving. And my look going to be like, go ahead. I don't care. Because I know what I did. And I, and I bent over backwards for you. And you telling me I never did nothing for you? Go. That's me, human. God don't work like that. Even in our ignorance, God will still reach us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The text reveal how much the Lord thought about Adam and Eve. There are many thoughts today that God has about us. God could have watched. He could have sat back and watched Adam and Eve just wallow in their sin and do their own thing. But he didn't sit back and watch. He went after them. He went to them because he wouldn't allow them to stay in that situation unless they was going to fight him to stay in that situation. If we don't make it to heaven, it's because we worked our way to hell. If we don't make it to heaven, we worked our way to hell. Because that's how good God is. Because God have every right sometimes to just let us stay where we are because we rebel so much against him and he never does that. He's always reaching for us. He's always coming after us. He's always trying to save us. And sometimes in our ignorance, we're telling him, leave me alone. Leave me alone. But Adam and Eve was always on God's mind. And we, as people, are always on God's mind. Can you imagine the almighty God? We are always on his mind. Can you imagine that? He thinks about us all the time. Oh, preacher, how can you say that? Okay. Nature proves how much he thinks about us. Go outside sometimes, walk around, and you'll see nature, and you'll, what, what is that for? That was all for us. Nature proves how much God thinks about us. Every time the sun comes up, God is telling you, I'm thinking about you. The other day when we were here, when it was raining cats and dogs, we looked out, we saw this great rainbow. God's thinking about us. He's always thinking about us. We got to stop and say, wait a minute, I can't live like this anymore. If God thinks about me so much, why aren't I thinking about him as much as he thinks about me? Why am I not going after him as much as he comes after me? That's how we got to say to ourselves and talk to ourselves that, man, God does what he has to to bring us into relationship with him. And so should we doing everything we can to be in right relationship with him. We also learn from the text that because of Adam and Eve's sin, they shunned the Lord. They hid themselves from him. In other words, they had broken the relationship they had 
with the Lord. They had broken the relationship they had with the Lord. Man, we should be happy to know if Adam and Eve broke the relationship they had with God and he still came after them, man, I've got hope. I've got hope. I've got hope. You know, I find that probably one of the most beneficial things that you can do as a Christian is just be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. And one of the ways to be honest with yourself is you can't worry about what others think about you. Listen, all of us want people to think well of us. So let's just get that out the way. There is, even when we lie and say, I don't care what nobody think about me, you're lying. That's just hurt talking. When we hurt, we say all kind of, all kind of crazy things. So all of us want people to think well of us. And that's okay. But that's not where we need to start. We need to start from the mindset of, I need to be real with myself because that's the only way I'm going to ever get into right relationship with God. And if I'm going to be right, honest with myself, then guess what? Whatever people see, that's just what they're going to see. You have heard me said many times, and I've, I, I guess I got to the age where I'm, I'm even more comfortable with it now than ever before, that I'm okay with what you think of me with, when you see the worst of me. I'm, I'm grown now. To, if, if you see you know, some flaws in me, and you feel like it's something that you need to talk about, it's on you. I'm not worried about it. I'm okay. I'm okay. Because believe you me, I'm just striving to have a right relationship with God. I'm just striving to be real close with him, to have an up-close, personal relationship with him. And if that means sometimes my flaws are going to be shown and somebody's going to say, man, what's up with him? I'm okay with it. Because I've learned that you've got some too. I just refuse to pay attention to them. You can pay attention to mine, but I'm not going to pay attention to yours. Because I don't have time to think about yours. I got mine. So I can't even pay attention to yours. And so these are some of the things that probably early in our Christian walk we didn't understand. We like to go and say, guess what? You know, our voice get low. Guess what? You know, you get ready to say something you shouldn't be saying because you, you got to lower your voice. <laughs> but the point is not that. The point is we all have some flaws. And if you spend time talking about somebody else's flaw, it means you're not taking care of yours. <laughs> That's what it means. You're not taking care of yours because you're attending to someone else's. And trying to take care of someone else's, because that's what we say, hey, pray with me, because Brother Scarlett going through a hard time, Sister Scarlett, put him out. That's how we do it. Right, Sister Cook? You know, we professionals know how to tell the business, and let it look like we're spiritual. Right? That's it. <laughs> we telling somebody's business, but we try to, we don't want to be called a gossiper. Right? So we have to spin it so it sounds spiritual. <laughs> Oh, God help us. But Adam and Eve sinned against God. 
And because they sinned against God, they started hiding from God. Mm -hmm. We mess up. We try to come to church late so we ain't got to talk to nobody. We try to leave early. And then we're going to think nobody don't know. If somebody living for God just long enough, we know if you come to church late and leave early, you're trying to hide from something. You don't come to the altar, you're trying to hide from something. Mm-hmm. 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 I don't know what's I don't know why people are afraid of the altar. Can we le- learn something from Adam and Eve? That when we need to get some things worked out, we don't run away from God. We run to God. I thought we figured that out. Now, this, we talking about the first three chapters of the Bible that teaches us when we mess up, we don't stay home. When we mess up, we don't come to church late and leave early. When we mess up, we come early and come to pre-prayer at the altar. And then when service starts, you worship God and you can't wait for the preacher to say, come to the altar. And you just run to the altar and pray. And guess what? Pray as long as you can so everybody will leave. Then you can walk out by yourself. You see how we let the devil mess us up and pride and the flesh get in the way? Because what we're trying to do is get back right with God. And the way how we're doing it, we'll never get right because we're coming late and leaving early. We don't talk to nobody. We don't come to the altar. How else are we going to get it right? Just to show up? That don't work. That don't work. Just showing up don't work. Adam and Eve couldn't get it right. If when God called them, they stayed quiet. So if God would have called Adam and Eve and they behind the tree, just hide. Don't you say nothing, Eve. Shh. <laughs> you know, they're bending their head like God can't see them, but still, you know, that's just how we do. So Adam and Eve hide behind the tree. And Eve trying to say, we need to say something. We're not saying nothing. He can't see us. Can you imagine if that's what they did? If that's what they did, they wouldn't be forgiven. He probably would have to now start off. He probably would have to start a new world, new people, if they would have just not said nothing. But Adam finally said something. He didn't, he didn't really do it the right way, but again, God's mercy. God's mercy. Mm-hmm. Now that their relationship with the Lord was broken, It needed to be restored. It needed to be restored. Can I tell you this? Don't think about the worst sins, and maybe that could be the reason why certain things are not happening in your life. Just look at something small and say, Lord, it could be something small why the things that I'm supposed to experience, I'm not experiencing. Because sometimes we will deceive ourselves by thinking that because we didn't do no big sin that's what we call it god don't call it that but we call it because i didn't do any big sin why am i not experiencing great blessings and sometimes it's some little things that we're overlooking and we're not seeing the results and we're wondering why and sometimes we become bitter because we're not seeing what we think we should see Because we think we're on track doing the right thing when we don't realize sometimes the things that we're not thinking about, that needs to get right. 
So their relationship with God needs to be restored. And the first step of restoration was supposed to be Adam's. But because of God's goodness and mercy, he took the initial step and seek after them. When you do wrong, you should be the first one to go and say you did wrong. But you know what I've come to understand? I've come to understand that it's the most spiritual one that initial that 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 do the initial connection. Watch it. Adam me sin, obviously Almighty God is the most spiritual one. And that's why he made the first initial move. Not Adam, not Eve. He didn't expect for them to do it because guess what? I'm more spiritual than you. You sin, you can't even see what's going on. So let me make the move. But we like to say, you did me wrong, you need to come apologize. You learning something? Get that out of you that you did me wrong, you need to come apologize. That's not how it goes. If you're spiritual, you will go first. You don't go first, you're not spiritual. Me and Brother Jimmy Tony was talking the other day, and we laughed about this because we had this in common, because we sat around and watched. We watched over the years how when people do wrong, they try to get to the pastor first and tell the pastor what's going on and make them look like they're in a good light and others are in a bad light. So they try to get to the pastor first. And so many pastors used to buy that. They thought, many pastors thought because you came to them, you were the first one to come, that you were the one that was right. <laughs> and so we laughed the other day and says, we've learned that the spiritual one is the one that never come. Because the spiritual one is trying to follow scripture. Love, endure it. Love, suffer it long. Love don't envy. Love don't vaunt it itself. So the spiritual one says, it's okay. I'm praying. I'm doing everything I can. It's not, after, it's not until I did everything that I could before I would go and ask for help. But the, the ones that's not spiritual, they don't do nothing. They go talking quick. We need help because blah, 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 blah. Yeah, really? That's when you got to ask them some questions. Then they start stuttering. Mm -hmm. This is where the Lord called unto Adam. Where are you when you have broken that relationship? Can you imagine? This was the first question in the Bible. Where art thou was the first question in the Bible. Mm-hmm. God was not speaking to Adam and Eve the way a cruel master would speak to his disobedient slave or an angry judge to a convicted criminal. That's not what God was doing with Adam and Eve. Because he didn't have to be angry because, you know, when you're in charge, let me talk to myself real quick. When you are in charge of something and you are, you know, 
the leader of something or the leader of your house or whatever, why are you getting upset when somebody else did, did wrong? Because as the leader, you have the authority to do what needs to be done. So why get upset? The Lord had the authority to just bing and wipe them off and start over. So he didn't have a reason to get upset like, you better get over here because I'm about to whoop you if you don't come in five seconds. He didn't, it wasn't like that. But most of the time, that's how we going. We heated. We about to do some stuff because they wrong. But no, you, why do it? You have the authority to just do what needs to be done to correct the situation. Just correct it. That's what God did with Adam and Eve. He didn't, he didn't come out of him skin. His skin, he didn't, he didn't go crazy. He knew he's God and he's in charge. So he's just going to do what a person that's in charge is supposed to do. And so God wasn't speaking to them in any cruel manner, in any disparaging way. He was speaking to them as a father speak to his children after they have broken his heart. And that's when we sin against God, he's not angry at us more than his heart hurts because he loves us so much. So don't let anybody make you feel like when you mess up, God is mad at you. It's the total opposite. When you mess up, God is more like, ah, than he is angry. And, and can't wait to discipline you. It's not the kind of God we serve. The question, where art thou, was addressed by God to the first man. And likewise today, God is still asking that question to all of us. Where are you? It's not like he don't know where you are. God don't ask questions because he needs the answer. God asks a question because he wants you to know why he's asking it. He's not asking it because he needs the answer from us. He wants us to pay attention to what's going on. So today we can leave here and take this in stride to say, God is asking me, where am I? Not because he don't know where I'm at. Can I pause and tell you this? The Lord knows where you are. He knows where you are. And he knows you. The question is, do we know who the Lord is and do we know where we are? We got to ask ourselves, do we know the Lord and do we know where we are? And if we're not where we're supposed to be, we ought to say, God, I'm not where I'm supposed to be and I need your help because I messed up. We have learned that we don't run away from him, but we run toward him. And say, if that question, just, just repeat that question to yourself. Where am I? God wants to know where am I? Am I where I'm supposed to be? Am I knowing who God really is? Those two questions are vital to who we are as a Christian, vital to our everyday walk with God, is do we know him and do we know where we are? 
where you are have a lot of different meanings. I can't get to all of what I can tell you about where you are. But one thing you know for sure is you need to always be in right relationship with God. That's what we need to know about that. And when we're in right relationship with God, we will always be location-wise where we need to be. How can you say that, preacher? Get ready to finish, but I got to share this with you. So, we know, some of us know, the story with the eunuch and Philip. Both people, well, Philip had to know where to be in order to do what God needed him to do. So, location is important. Your relationship with God, where you are with God relationally, is the first and most important thing. But the second one is just as important, which is location. And we play that down today because we like to say, well, you know, we don't have to be in the building all the time. I get you, but are you where God needs you to be? Are you ready to be used by God where you are? Can God count on you right now to do something for him which would call for him to use you to minister to somebody? Can he count on you right now for that? Can he count on you, you hungry, and you want to get something to eat, but somebody needs to hear from God, and God want to send you? Can you say, I can't eat right now. I got to go do what God want me to, because that's what location comes down to. You are where you need to be for God to use you. So where are you starts with where are you in relation to your relationship with God, but it also means where are you in location? Are you at the location that you're supposed to be where God can trust you to do what he needs you to do? Where are you, Adam? Listen to me. Let's make sure we know who our God is and know where we're supposed to be. But if we happen to sin and lose our way, our ever-loving, gracious God will come looking for us. I'm telling you, if we don't make it to heaven, it's because we worked our way to hell. Because our ever-loving God, no matter what state we're in, no matter what location we're in, he's going to come to rescue us. The question will be, will we stop and say, all right, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to be what you want me to be. I'm going to go where you want me to go. Listen, don't let the devil trick you into thinking God is mad at you when you sin. God is not mad at you. He wants to restore your relationship with him. The Lord took the initiative to seek out Adam, not the other way around, because God wants to have right relationship with Adam. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. The Lord Jesus is speaking and seeking up close and personal relationship with all of us. He desires communion and fellowship with all of us. 
the Lord is speaking to us through his word. He's speaking to us by his anointed messenger. He's speaking to us by divine impressions. He's speaking to us through miracles. He's speaking to us through circumstances and even calamities and judgment. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, and God dropped this in my spirit some time back. You know how sometimes when people do you wrong, you want to kind of move the needle. You don't want to be driving the bus, but you want to kind of move the needle a little bit so they can get what you think they deserve for doing you wrong. Somebody say amen. All right. And so I was talking to somebody at work the other day, and they wanted to move the needle a little bit. Not too much, but just enough to make sure somebody that was doing wrong got exposed for doing wrong. And I said to the person, I said, what's the worst thing that can ever happen to any one of us? The worst thing. They said, go to hell. I said, you're right on point. I said, so, sometimes we're getting in God's way for what some people's payment will be for their wrong. Unfortunately, some people won't stop doing wrong, and they deliberately do wrong. And what God will do is go ahead and do wrong, because God will speak to you and speak to you and try to recover you, but you still want to do wrong. Because what keeps us doing wrong sometimes is we justify our wrong. And so we keep doing wrong. Your payback to somebody doesn't compare to if that person decided to keep going the wrong way and they never and they lose out with eternal life in Christ. And sometimes that's where some people are heading because they won't listen to God every time God reached for them. But we steady want to try to get them to pay our little payment. Well, they, they need to be exposed to what they did to me. You think that's important? No. The Lord says, I'll fight your battle. The battle belongs to the Lord. We can't forget those things. So we don't have to let, we don't have to guide the needle so somebody can get payback. Because sometimes, unfortunately, some people are heading down a path that if somehow they don't wake up, their payment for all that they've done wrong is not, it's going to be the worst kind of payment. Let me say it that way. And so, to want, this is why the Bible had told us, pray for your enemy. Because if your enemy keep being your enemy, they're going to get the worst reward they can ever get. If your enemy keeps being your enemy, their reward will be the worst that they will ever get. Because I'm telling you, people work their way to hell. They don't just go to hell. And when you work your way into anything, guess what you get? Payment. The Bible says for the wages of sin. Wages. So when you're working your way away from God, you're going to earn wages. 
the Lord Jesus is speaking to us through his word in so many other ways. And we just need to just hear and respond in obedience. If we will just hear his voice and respond in obedience and do what he wants us to do, we will really get to experience that up-close personal relationship with him. His voice can be heard by those who attune their ears to heaven. If we will humble ourselves and sincerely pray and allow the Lord to speak to us, he will. Remember I've told you a while back, we've got to stop praying and then stop praying and go about our business. We're doing what we do with people. You're doing God the same way. Because if you talk to God, shouldn't God talk to you? So when you pray and talk to God and you get up and go, you just said, what you have to say, God, is not important. But what I have to say, it was important. I know you didn't mean that. But I'm just telling you what it is when you do that. When you pray and just go about your ways, what you, initi- what you are really saying to God is, what I had to say was important, but I don't need to hear what you got to say. It is a privilege to pray and talk to the Lord. Through prayer, we can find harmony once more with this walking voice. Because God is still speaking. God is still wanting up-close personal relationship with us. But we have to pray. We have to give him the opportunity to talk to us so we can come into right relationship with him. God called out to Adam and Eve in paradise. Do you hear him calling you? Because there is no excuse for why you think God wouldn't call you. Because no matter how bad it is, God will still call you because he doesn't want you to be destroyed. It is, or should I ask, is it, is it your heart's desire to walk with God in an up-close and personal relationship? Is it your desire? Because it is God's desire. Personal prayer time is how we can accomplish an up-close Personal relationship with God. So here's the, first, the last thing I'll tell you about this call for a personal up-close relationship with God. When you start praying, while you're praying, instead of focusing on needs, focus on Jesus. He must be the object of our affection when we're praying, not what we need. Mm-hmm. Think on his goodness and his love when you're praying. Thank him for his gentleness and kindness. Worship him in the beauty of holiness. Cast your care upon him and place yourself into his capable hands. Soon you will feel the gentle breeze of the walking voice wash over you and he will meet you and commune with you. God wants an up-close personal relationship with us. 
And it's time that we just put everything down that's getting in our way and start spending personal time with the Lord. He wants to know where you are. He wants to know where are you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to commune with you. He wants to give you instructions and guidance in everything that you will do. So let's start taking the time to get up and close personal with Jesus Christ. Let's stand. If we will pray without asking for a whole lot of stuff, I know, I know we're accustomed to doing that. I know probably from the time we've been going to church, it's kind of the way we roll. Oh, Lord. Will you deliver me? Oh, Lord, will you open the door for me to be blessed? Oh, Lord, will you give me a new job? Oh, Lord, will you bless me financially? And we can go on and on and on about what we need God to do. But can we switch that and say, oh, Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Lord, you're great and mighty. You're wonderful, glorious. When I think of your goodness and all you've done, my soul cries out, Lord, I thank you for all the creation. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for not giving up on me. For, Lord, if I can count all the times I messed up and you could have just disbanded me, Disown me. You could have. But you're so good. You're so loving. You're so kind. And Lord, if I must be honest, I feel just terrible at times because of all that you have invested in me. Of all that you think of me. Of all that you want from me in relationship. And I get so busy worrying about me. And I get so busy worrying about all these things that I have no control over. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for always going to do what I think I need to do. Forgive me, Lord. Allow me to enter into a more closer relationship with you. A closer walk with you. A more intimate time. That when I sit or when I kneel or when I lay and pray and talk to you, you will be the object of my prayer. Lord, I won't have any image in my mind, but just you being the Almighty. Just you sitting on the throne. Just you being Almighty God. I don't need you to do anything because you have it all under control. You are all powerful. You said if we seek first the kingdom, then all these things will be added. Lord, you know all my need. You know what I need, so I don't need to tell you what I need. Lord, I will ask, though. My neighbor needs saving. 
I know you want to save my neighbor, Lord. But Lord, I, I put myself in your capable hands that if you want to use me to be that conduit to minister to my neighbor that they would be saved, here I am. But if God, you choose some other way to save my neighbor, I'm okay. I just want to do your will. And I know it is your will that all be saved and that none will perish. Here I am, Lord. I cast my personal care upon you. But the kingdom, Lord, I seek right now. Your will, Lord, I seek right now. That whatsoever you want to do, I will do. But Lord, before I go and do anything, you know what I desire? I want to feel you all over me when I'm walking. Before I go anywhere, Lord, I want to know that the glory of the Lord has overshadowed me. I want to feel your touch. I want to hear your voice. I want to know, Lord, that you are just working in me and through me. I want to hear what you want me to do, Lord. I want to sup with you. I want to commune with you. I want to know you in ways I have not yet known, Lord God. For I know, I do not know you in every facet, in every way. But Lord, whatever way you need me to know you that I don't already know, will you show me? Will you take me into that place, Lord, where I can know you in a different way? Will you whisper to me the things that I don't understand, that I may understand, so I can do your will, Lord? I don't need anything. I just want to be more like you. I just want to be closer to you. I just want to be where I'm supposed to be. That when you call my name and says, where art thou? I'm right where I need to be. Oh, God, when you call my name, I want to know I'm on the location that you want me to be. Oh, my God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want your spirit to consume me. I want your spirit to consume me, Lord. Consume me with the fire of your spirit, oh great God. Oh my God, allow me to be consumed and walk in your presence. Let your glory overshadow me, Lord. That your presence, Lord, will be all over me, Lord. And that, Lord, I can be your representative, your ambassador, Lord God, your conduit, Lord God. Oh, Father, your church as I am. Now, wherever I go, Lord God, I will be salt and light. My light will not be diminished. My salt will have impact. All I want to do, Lord, is what you created me to do. All I want to do, Lord, is represent you in the way and manner I'm supposed to represent you, Lord God. Oh, Lord, I must confess I am not satisfied with the relationship I have with you, Lord. I know that there is more. I know that there is a greater closeness that I can obtain if I will humble myself. If I will seek 
rebuke your face. If I will spend time with you and not care about anything else that's going on around me. If I will just stay with you. If I will just stay with you and say, Jesus, I'm your prisoner. Have your way. Keep me as long as you want. Just keep me. Hold on to me, Lord. Hold on to me. I'm your child and I want to be where you are. I want to feel your closeness, your presence, and your touch like I've never felt it. I am tired of the busyness getting the best of me, of the hustle and bustle getting the best of me. I don't want to be running from here to there, but Lord, I want to go where you want me to go. I want to do what you want me to do, and I want to move in the spirit and not in my flesh. I don't want to live a life just being weary and tired because I'm working and moving always in the flesh. But Lord, I want to move freely in the spirit. I want to be refreshed in the Holy Ghost as I move in the spirit. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Nothing that I ask is for you, oh God, to bless me. But all I want is a closer relationship with you. All I want is a closer relationship with you. All I want is a closer relationship with you. I've heard the call for us, oh God, to come into up close and personal relationship. I've heard your call and God, I humble myself tonight. I humble myself tonight and say speak Lord for your servant will hear your voice. Speak Lord for your servant will do as you command. Speak Lord for I am yours. I am not my own. Speak Lord. Speak Lord. Speak Lord. Speak Lord. Oh, God, I love you. Oh, God, I bless your name. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we don't need anything. We're not asking for anything. No, Lord, we trust you with our life. We trust you with all of our need. You love us so. You love us beyond our understanding, beyond our comprehension. So we trust that you will do what we need, Lord God. Lord, we have shifted our focus tonight. We have shifted our focus tonight. Our focus is on a closer relationship with you. Our focus, Lord God, is a more intimate relationship with you. Our focus, Lord, is a more in-depth relationship with you. Our focus, Almighty God, is you and not everything else that's going on around us. For if you lead us, we will fulfill your purpose nothing else will matter. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing. Oh, God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We bless your name. You're so good. Your mercy everlasting. Your truth endured. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And all that is within me, blessed be your holy name.
Andre goes to Princeton, but Brother Andre didn't grow up in this church. Matthew, you grew up in this church. You go to Ivy League, so this is our first Ivy League student. And Mama, we proud right along with you. We feel like this is our kid, too. And so we're so grateful, so thankful what God is doing in Matthew's life. He's going to Columbia, which is in New York. So he's close by. A lot of the Ivy Leagues are close by us. Enough. And so he's going to Columbia. I'm proud of him. I'm happy. He'll be able to come home from time to time. And so it's wonderful. We're getting the best of all the worlds. Where he goes to an Ivy League, he'll get the greatest education he can get in this world. And he can still be a part of what God is doing in his home church. So we're happy about that. I I really am thankful to God for that. So he's challenged. um, On campus, our young people get challenged. You know, these professors, you know, they introduce certain things to you. And you got to be strong in your faith to still get good grades. But not, you know, compromise your truth about God is and what you stand for. So that's mainly what we got to pray for, that God will keep him while he's in school and that he will continue to be strong in the Lord and that nothing will move him off of his post, his position in God and all the stuff that they're teaching. He will be able to learn it, get good grades and not have to succumb to any of that environment. That's what we want. So let's pray together. Stretch your hands toward him. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, he's our baby, Lord. He's our baby, Lord. I know he's yours, too. I know he's yours, too. But he's ours, too. And we just want your perfect will to be done in his life. We know the enemy will try to misguide him and redirect him. But we thank you for what you're doing and how your power will keep him and how he will flourish and how he will do great educationally, spiritually, And that, Lord, he will have a great impact spiritually in Columbia, Lord. That, Lord, they will know about him because he's a child of God. That they will know of his God. Lord, help him to be steadfast, unmovable, unshakable, always abounding in the word of God. I pray that you will bless him spiritually, bless him educationally. Give him, Lord God, favor, provision, and protection, Lord God. That no harm, no danger will come to him, Lord God. Will you be his shield and his buckler, his exceeding and great reward? Oh, God, bless him and keep him. Let your face shine upon him. Be gracious unto him. We thank you for all that you will do in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Bradley going for his bride. He's going for the bride. 
And so we're going to pray that no weapon, that, that no work of Satan will get in the way. And that he will bring his bride home. And that God will give them safe travel mercy. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your keeping power and for your mercy. Lord, I pray your protection upon brother and sister Guthrie, Lord God. Let no harm or danger come to any of them. But I pray, Lord God, that you will work your work for all to be well with them, Lord God. For them to come together as husband and wife and be together and grow together. I pray, almighty God, that the great favor of God will be upon them. And that open doors will be before them. And that, Lord, you will bless and keep them, Lord God. Lord, I pray your favor that whatever they need, that you will provide. That you will make the way for them in every situation, in every circumstance. That you will make the way, Lord God. That your hands will be upon them. And that your will be, will be done in their life, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for your favor in their life. I thank you, Lord God, for the open doors that you have provided. And now, Lord, I pray that you will bring them back safely that they can continue to do what you've called them to do. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't forget, give to the building fund if you can. Thank you for being so patient and allowing God to just touch you. God bless you. Have a great rest of your night.